Hello. Hello, hello. It's the season one finale of Broadway Bullshit. Abby threw some drums in there for y'all. She thought it needed more excitement. And it does. I'm becoming a beatboxer. Oh, wow. That was My friend recently told me that it hurts your cheeks. And I was like, duh, it hurts your cheeks. That makes complete sense. Why did I only think of that now? Dude, you know? I bite my lip all the time, let alone people. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm out of here. Bah, 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 bah. Okay. Anyways. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. We're doing rent. It's How we gonna pay? pay. Yeah. You might you. notice that you're also currently in a pandemic and a rent crisis, but it's not the 1980s. Oh. I, you know, now that you put it like that, that is what's going on. Wow, this feels like a timely and fitting connection, and Abby and I didn't even choose it. You guys nope. did. Bow, bow, bow. Bow. We love an Insta poll. We love power of the people. We love the power of the vote, if you it's will. It's true, it's true, which is why I got sad for you guys, which is unfortunate because we just finished Fiddler, so I had <laughs> hoped not to get sad again. <laughs> but here I uh, am... <laughs> When deciding between Rent and Avenue Q, Cassidy was Avenue Q because she thought it was funny because there's one character named Christmas Eve. And I was like, um, I don't know. We get it. Y'all are the OG know. theater hoes who tweet out every time, December 24th, 9 p.m. Y'all you'll like wait by the little clock so you can tweet out the Rent lyric. I get you. Oh. I'm kind of one of you, but I don't. It's I'm so not sweet. as public. Um, it's theater's to equivalent to... um. To, uh, it's October 10th. Yeah, yeah, it's like Mean Girls Day, except it's Christmas yeah. Eve, 9 p.m. This is my, I was going to say favorite show in the entire world, but it's very tied mm. with hair. I'm never truly able to differentiate between, this was my original favorite, hair I found later in yeah. life. And this is a favorite that would like, like took over my little self, even though I was like nine. And my dad only let me oh. listen to the music instead of watching <laughs> it's so it. funny! And for a Hanukkah gift, got me happy finally, Hanukkah. I know, happy Hanukkah, so relevant, the DVD recording of the last time Rent was on Broadway, like they'd filmed it. And they used the 2008? To, yeah, yeah. And they used to sell That's it. That's what I watched. Oh, absolutely. And they used to sell yeah. it like Tom Thumb, weirdly enough. Like this was just a pretty widely circulated DVD and I'd seen yeah. it before, but him gifting it to me meant he was like giving me permission to finally watch it after I'd listened to the music <laughs> for so long. <laughs> That's such a sweet little memory. That's like a core memory. Yeah, yeah. I Well, I'm a memory hoarder, so every memory is a core memory. <laughs> oh my god, one of the sources I read for Rent was this very well-articulated, in-depth article written by Jessica Grossman. Wow, cite that called, source, Abby! Yeah, it's called Theater Memory and the HIV Crisis of the 1990s, an analysis of the musical Rent. Ooh. And I was like, whoa! So it talked about memory a lot. I <laughs> just wanted to throw her out there. Powerful. Yeah. So this, I was just really obsessed with this musical for a really long time. When I was young and at camp, I'd listen to it like all the way to put me to sleep, mm -hmm. like top to bottom. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> on my, <laughs> on my your camp counselor and you're like, no, oh, I was like nine. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> and it was in my little iPod headphones. Oh my god! But I did that so much that I could do it from memory. Like you could take the iPod away, and like if I couldn't sleep at night, I would like start from the top with like voicemail one, and I could get pretty far until I fall asleep. 
Oh my god. I would just do it in my head. Weird. I'm psycho. Anyway. No, not psycho. This is a... I'm glad that you know so much about this one because this was my first time seeing it all the way through, sort of. That's wild. I've seen it once and I'll tell you where I saw it. Not even the movie? I don't think I've ever seen the movie. It's fine. Like, non-theater theater kids, you know? You know the types? I do. They love it. <laughs> drag them. Drag them. <laughs> um. And, like, it's fine, but, yeah. And, like, <laughs> it's fine, but... <laughs> but... I was dozing at the end. This one, I don't know. I was like, it's long. <laughs> this one? Yeah, this is long. This is long. It's true. I like Ren a lot. <laughs> I like Ren a lot. Even, I understand its problematic aspects. I read the book Without You by Anthony Rapp. I, oh my God. Yeah, great book. I really aligned with something about Jonathan Larson just felt very cool to me when I was a young kid. Ugh. Like I felt his pain and I felt like like the, I, so Jonathan Larson who wrote Rent died during dress rehearsals for it. So never mm-hmm. got to see it become a thing. And it blew up. It was the first, like, not the Maybe the first. It was one of the first, like, big blow-up Broadway musicals. Like, it's all over the mainstream. It's everywhere. Yeah, it was longest running for a little while. Yeah. And it grossed, like, $230 million or something. And it opened... Yeah, did it run 86 to 2008? Um, was it 90? Yeah. No, no, it's 96. Rank came out in 96? You're right, you're right, you're right. I know that because... Okay, great segue, folks. I know that because La Boheme by Puccini, which is one Rent is loosely based on, which is an opera about tuberculosis, was written in 1896. And I thought, how wild that it's 1896 and 1996. That segue was sensational. Thank you so much. I'm looking at a bullet point that just says La Boheme Puccini. All right. So whose turn for been a minute? Yours, thank God. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right, I'm looking at the I thought list. about that because I was like, I don't even know if I can do this one. I'm a little worried. I, I feel like I should do I feel like I could do it in a minute. I feel like this plot is very simple because it's a nonlinear plot, which is another thing about the musical that a lot of people like or don't like. Yeah, we're going to get to that. I'm going <laughs> to ask you about that. Thanks so much. Are Alex. you ready? Time me in. On your mark. Get set. Yar! Okay, so we open and it's a bunch of scaffolding and it's 1996 and we have a bunch of people their friends and their friend calls and he's like where's the rent and they're like what on earth are you talking about benny character drop um what are you talking about benny you bought this building and you told us we didn't have to pay rent and mark and roger are like what on earth you're asking us for a year of rent now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so they sing how are we gonna pay last year's rent and boom. then boom and then their friend collins who is a teacher and a professor is out on the street and he gets mugged mm-hmm trying to see mm-hmm. them and then he meets angel who is a drag queen who falls in love with collins and then roger meets mimi because she's asking for a candle because she wants to shoot a heroin we'll get there um and he's like mm-hmm. i know you you dance at the Kit Kat club mm-hmm. and so they all oh, they fall you, in love oh you have 10 seconds oh my goodness and then angel dies <laughs> and it's really really sad and then every everyone has aids and um <laughs> and yeah and okay. mimi lives that was <laughs> That was completely on me. Forgot about the timing. It felt leisurely. It's okay. <laughs> so I'm going to give you another minute. Thank you. I'll take it a touch exactly. more leisurely because I totally left out Maureen. So Mark is dated, was dating a girl named Joanne who is now dating mm-hmm. a woman named Maureen. And switch. Mark is dating Maureen who is now dating Joanne. Yes. Because what's mm-hmm. his name? Joanne. 
Um, Tango Maureen. Yes. And so that's kind of going on. And then Mark is asked to start producing footage. Mark's a filmmaker. And so he's mm-hmm. kind of battling capitalism for a little bit. And 30 seconds. Roger's like, I don't know if I can love again, but he still falls in love with Mimi, who's HIV positive as well. And they go to these AIDS meetings together. The whole thing, I think I'm Mm -hmm. having such a hard time with this because there really isn't a plot. It's a nonlinear. I can tell you everything that happens, but there's not like, here's the pivotal moment ever, unless Mm -hmm. you just like count it as seasons of love because it's such a well-known song. You're going to have to shut me up soon. I'm really gushing. You got five, (laughs) four, three, two. And that's what. Yeah, that's kind of Rent. Um, it's like that, though, because La Boheme was a series of vignettes. Ooh, great dramaturgy dump, Abby. Initially. Um, it's weird that that one came up because I just saw my first opera live in a pandemic at a drive-in theater. Wow. Or they made it a drive-in. Um, it's pop opera, and I'm not getting the P.O.P. right. Great but job, pop opera. They were doing... La Boheme, so I I did a little research about it, but I've not seen the opera. You've seen the opera, right? I've seen the opera as part of Masterpiece Theatre on PBS. So, more background on Rent. It was... Rent, Rent, Rent. Rent, Rent, Rent. It's rock music based. It's like one of the second well-known rock musicals, Hair being the first. So, it Mm -hmm. directly took from Hair, which makes sense why I'm obsessed with both. Mm -hmm. Uh And it's all... When they audition people for the show... They only wanted rock singers. They did not want to audition anyone who had been on Broadway. They didn't. Yeah, they were super cool, which is also where famous Idina Menzel kind of began, as well Mm -hmm. as Anthony Rapp, who I think was in Star Trek. I was trying to remember. He has a thing that he's famous for outside of theater, but I don't really know what it is, aside from the Me Too movement, of course. Did you know that? This is a weird thing to discuss, but did you know that? Did I know what? Anthony Rapp's the the first one to take down Kevin Spacey. Oh. I didn't know that. No. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm back in Texas now, so I'm I'm a little, like, pricklier again. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm quicker to anger suddenly. I'm, yeah. like, ready oh, to fucking... Yeah. For sure. <sighs> yeah, so it was rock music. It was written by Jonathan Larson about his friends. Yeah, I think let's hop in from there, unless... Yeah. Oh, Fly, Die, Retry. Fly, Die, Retry. <laughs> Uh, Cassidy should have fly die retry. It's a fly. There's people who there's old reviews that I was reading being like, it's dated because it's AIDS and the nineties. And I'm like, wow, welcome to 2020 where we're in a pandemic and a rent crisis. So how could, how could you say that before this pandemic? But how can you say Mm -hmm. it now? So it's a fly. It's got some tweaks, maybe loose. I don't really think it has that many tweaks. Honestly, you'll have to convince me. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. It flies. I actually, I don't really think it has any tweaks, but I think Oh, I just painted my nail and I messed it up. <laughs> I think if uh, if you do it, it's kind of a period piece. Like, there's some yes, language yes. that's used. I don't want to see it modern. No. That would be so weird. Why? Yeah, there, I don't... Because I, that bleh. was going to be one of my things, and we'll talk about it again probably, but I was thinking, like, do I want Mimi on a pole if we did this now? But the answer is no, because she's a go-go dancer, which is more of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, And mm-hmm. she, like, she's... I guess she she is a stripper, but like not really, not a not the stripper we imagine now. No, and not to take not that that matters. I just think like stylistically, as you choreograph out tonight, it does matter. Yeah, and why would you do? Why would you modernize rent? We already have coronavirus. Like we yeah, well yeah, and it's like and and um 
And when you're and living not- in America at the end of the millennium. I just, I, it would, I, don't do my it. brain is like, can't, bre- can't bend around it. But I'm just thinking about people who like costuming wise and music wise make it feel yeah. like it's not the 90s. Cause like there's no, yeah, it's always yeah. the 90s in rent, but people yeah. try to up it. Abby, you're a fly. I'm launching into too many theses too soon. This is thrilling though. I love it. Thank you. Well, so I was going to say in the same theme of how does this fit in 2020, a lot, there's a lot of debate around whether or not Angel is a trans woman. Oh, that was a question I had. I was like, Angel's gender identity. And so the text by Jonathan Larson, the text in the show and the text mm-hmm. in like the character description written by Larson yeah. says drag queen. However, we know yeah. like there's a large difference in the terminology we now have. Like back then people were still saying like, um, like transvestite was still a very normal term back then. Yeah. That was so, definitely my question. There's people who debate that we didn't have the terminology for it. I'm not sure that it matters, but I don't know if I, there are people who think the character should only be played by a trans woman. Mm. And I'm not, this while is, of course I want to give that platform to people, I'm not sure if that should be the illicit factor, like the requiring factor. I think it can be done by them. I'm not sure if it should only like putting my casting director hat on, I was like, who, who do we call? Is this a role that is only for trans women? Let us know. You know, I, I don't have hard feelings on it. It's just interesting. And I feel like as we get into conscious casting, I know yeah. my university spoke about doing it for a little bit and they were, they made a lot of controversy around that character because they were like, mm. how would we do it? So I guess that's mm-hmm. just where I'm coming from in talking about that. That source that I cited was out.com which is Angel's gender identity in Rent's most enduring mystery. Um, which also brings me to recognizing that Jonathan Larson is a straight, white, cishet male. I said, I said straight and het. I didn't think he was straight. Yeah, I, I get that. What I read did say straight. I don't, you know, I don't know if we can really cite that to what degree, but that's what I got. However, I would point out that in this show, like he's Mark, he's still yeah. writing about other people's experiences, but he's writing about his friends. And it's very clear that he's cast himself and how he relates to these people. Yeah. And, um, and I don't feel the like the show he's got trying- in a bit of trouble at some point with Paul. Yeah, I'm getting the name. Paul has come to my mind. P-A-U-L. No, Gordon Rogers and Pam Shaw, uh, got onto the playwright of this, uh, <laughs> because of how they depicted uh, HIV, people with HIV and AIDS in the show in early drafts without actually speaking to anybody who had HIV or AIDS. Oh, interesting. The direct, this like very academic and well-written like thesis document that is very long (laughs) pulls the direct quote, which is, f*** you, you didn't have AIDS. (laughs) That's what Jonathan Larson said to them? Uh, that's what those people said oh. to Larson because Larson didn't have AIDS. But neither, do, yes, neither does Mark. But yeah, he is writing a show about a bunch of people with AIDS and the experience of having AIDS in America. Bring on cultural consultants, folks. I wanted to point out that Rent shows people who have HIV not just from sex, but also from needles, which was an advanced perspective at the time. I would like to point a thesis question. Does Rent speak about addiction in ethical ways? Mm. I'd never really thought about that before. 
Yeah, you want to dive in song by song now? Yeah. The the music's good, though. Dude, so many bops. Tune Up 2. Mm-hmm. So, we yeah, we open with Tune Up 2, which is the voicemails and all that good-ish. And then we get into How We Gonna Pay, which is when Benny calls them. So we introduce the character Benny. He's their old roommate. And mm-hmm. he tells Mark and Roger to pay up. And I wrote down the line... When strangers, landlords, lovers, your own blood cells betray. Because I was like, wow, 2020. Yeah, for real. Wow. There was, it was spooky watching this show. After the first song, I wrote absolutely fabulous job of setting up multiple timelines, multiple yeah. different things happening. And one of the first to be doing that, too. Yeah. And this idea that it's just a series of vignettes, because it really is just a series of vignettes. We're just kind of with is, these people on their journey. Yeah, is really just so well handled by Larson. Like, the way he actually executes making all of this happen on stage. Like, right Yeah. So good. I agree. So, after Rent, we get when Collins meets Angel. You okay, honey? Then we have Famous. I'm skipping over Tune Up 3, because it's just, you know. And then we have One Song Glory, which is Roger. And somewhere in there, we get Mark saying, close up on Roger, his girlfriend April left a note saying we got AIDS. So we have that introduced really, really, really early. Oof. Yeah, that's tune up three. That's what he says. And then Roger <laughs> goes into One Song Glory, which I love. I still love. This, I think that that was really important for a little bit of, I guess this is a dramaturgy dump. Um, this musical came out in 1996. And the first case of AIDS was documented in 1981. Yeah. So this is more than 15 years, and it's been a slow uphill battle. And women were only really... AIDS was only said aloud in a government like document in 1987. Yeah. And said aloud in a speech by Reagan. Yes. And... Women only really got included in this conversation in like 1993, which is 10 years after it starts happening with the Revitalization Act. I don't remember what that act does, but that's how they got got started. (laughs) And then there were female condoms because they realized that it was a sexually transmitted disease. And the only reason that female condoms were made was because of this. And they were approved by the FDA. Wow, Abby. Yeah. They, this is only also this, Oh, this year they were approved by the FDA. Okay. 1993. Okay, I was not like 2020. <laughs> I was like, I've seen a female condom. <laughs> and then 1993 is also when Angels in America won the Tony for Best Play. Wow. And that movie Philadelphia came out, which was the first Hollywood film on AIDS. But it took 10 years for any of that attention to come to it. Yeah, I knew I was probably going to cry this episode. I really get worked up talking about the AIDS epidemic. It's one of the things like when people are dumb and make jokes about AIDS, like I really don't stand for it because it's just devastating to me. It's just, I can't get past it. I can't think of how how many true lives were lost and so many of our great creative minds lost to it. I think about the impact on the arts community. It's just insane to me. I Yeah, it's crazy. It's wild. Um, small other dramaturgy dump that in the original production in 1996, in the life supports... Actually, I'm going to save it. I'm going to make this more... We're going to keep going. Let's go. All right. I know we got to keep... I, I could say so much about every song. That I know. got to power hour it. Um, so I keep we have, forgetting I just painted this nail. I'm going to give them to you in chunks of three. That sound cool? Yeah. We got one song, Glory, Light My Candle, voicemail, number two. I'm going to not count the voicemail. So one song, Glory, Light My Candle, today for you. 
Oh, I speaking of voicemail, don't cut it. That's okay. my note. Um, <laughs> that's my note. I really like the inclusion of the microphones, yes. the handheld microphones yes, in this. Very cool. And I'm like, did Spring Awakening get their idea from Rent? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Wow. Yeah, there's a that lot of so shows smart. you'll see now that you can see why how Rent got them there because Rent was one of the first pop rock musicals. Yeah, that makes sense, and it's definitely. Much more operetta in style. Yeah, yeah. So we have Rogers trying to sing a song essentially before he dies is the bit. Um, Find one song beyond the cheap colored lights. Glory like a sunset. Great. Love it. Super lyrical. Mimi comes and knocks on Roger's door. She says, light my candle. And I never understood that that was for heroin for a long time. I know some people still might not. Um, I uh, didn't. I was like, didn't Cassidy say this was about some drug? Yeah, like that's not, I didn't know that about heroin. Like, I think that was also part of 90s heroin that like you put a little wax ball where you injected. Oh, I wrote, what's the age difference between Mimi and, and Roger? Roger. I think Roger's 24 and she's 19. Okay, that's not terrible. I could be totally guessing that Roger's 24, but I would place him around that range. I just heard her say 19, and I was like, oh, God, yeah. how old Roger. Also, the 2008 production was Adam Pascal. Oh, my God, the OG. love, is he the OG? Yes, this is where he got his start. Oh, I freaking love him. He's great. I love him so much. Oh, my gosh, have him and Anthony Rapp, the OG. Oh, my God, have I heard Aida? I want to name my kid Aida. <laughs> Have I heard Aida? Oh my gosh, I love Aida. Big fan. No one ever Adam loves it with Pascal. me. Oh my god, his voice is so good. He is like, that is exactly how I want to sing. Yeah, he sounds he sounds just like now that you know it, because I found out later that he was an Aida after I'd been listening mm-hmm. to it, and now I'm like, it's you just hear his voice forever. He's got such a yeah. distinct little rocky voice. He I also saw him as the a uh, Shakespeare in something rotten. Oh, I may so have, hot. Wow. Yeah, I bet that was hot. I bet that was super hot, honestly. So hot. So anyway, Mimi is, gosh, so much talk. Mimi is flirting with Roger and she's like, she knocks um, and she wants the candle and then she keeps pretending the candle blows out and she goes back and she goes, I think that I dropped my stash. So it kind of outs her as a user. Mm-hmm. And we watch Roger pick it up and he said, and we get Roger's past too. I used to shiver like that. I have no heat. I used mm-hmm. to sweat. I have a cold. Uh-huh. I used to be a junkie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just see the chemistry with them and you find out that Mimi is a dancer at the Kit Kat Club. You find out that she's 19. Mm-hmm. You go into voicemail two, which is for Joanne and it's her parents and it establishes kind of that they're debutante society her mother's like a senator. She has a hearing. Mm-hmm. And so, and for mummy's sake, darling, no Doc Martens this time. And wear a dress. And then and then the mom goes, and a bra. <laughs> Which I just think is funny. They're just ragging on their 90s looking gay daughter. They're so silly. And then we have Today for You, which a lot of people have thoughts on. Um, because it's Angel and she comes with money for them and she feeds everyone. And she sings today for you. And she said, it was my lucky day today on Avenue A when a lady in a limousine drove my way. She said, honey, be a dear. I need um, I need your help to make this neighbor's yappy dog disappear. And mm-hmm. the whole plot is how he makes a thousand dollars. She makes a thousand dollars for killing this dog for a wealthy woman. Oh, cool. Oh, you didn't get I, that? Like, 
I'm not gonna lie, with operettas like this, I I rock pay less attention to the words because you're supposed to be able to pay less attention to the huh. words with operas. The oh strange dramaturgy dump. People now that there's so many things like Sweeney Todd, Rent, yeah. um, Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm trying to think if we've done any other on the pod this season. Season. Oklahoma No, Oklahoma has more words. These like predominantly song through Les Mis, predominantly song through shows that are like operetta style and it's like on the border. I was doing a little bit of reading about how people think that the last couple stitches of difference between the two is that in something that still considers itself an opera, you don't have to be able to really hear all the words. Like the music has to tell you most of the story. But with this, with musical theater, quote unquote, like your most of the story is coming from the words still. Very cool. Yeah. But so some little stuff like that, I missed a lot in Rent because I kind of like zoned out a little, if that makes sense. She goes, I believe if you play nonstop, that pup will breathe its very last high-strung breath. I'm certain that dog will bark itself to death. And yeah, so Angel tells the story of how how Thelma and Louise did when they got the blues, swan dove into the courtyard of the great sea muse. So we pushed the dog out a window. She. That's a, I'm not getting pronouns right for Angel, which is hard in today's light. That is challenging. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that point is more resilient than I think if I feel like I am incorrectly gendering Angel when I say he. Yeah. I just... My confusion came when Angel was feminine presenting and the Angel's partner. Collins. What's his name? And Collins says, I like boys. Boys like me. Oh... But I thought that's, but that's him saying like, I'm gay. I am not a hundred percent. I'm just not sure. Yeah, you're right. That's a really interesting lyric read. Because, but because Angel is. He could, Angel could be a boy who does drag and when in drag uses she, her pronouns like that. Yeah, but you make a really good point that you'll see is sung after today for you, which is after Angel makes appearance in drag because Angel is masculine presenting when they meet Collins on the street after Collins gets mugged. Yes. Yeah. So it is, you make a very good point that, wow, Abby. Oh, I didn't even know. That's interesting. (laughs) I was just confused. I, yeah, because I was, but then there's the, also the argument to make, like, it was the early nineties, like a trans woman might not feel comfortable presenting how she wants when alone on the street or right, something. Exactly. Like, I'm not yeah, sure. Right. So I could hear both either way. I'm just not sure which, which one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, today for you also kind of establishes this bohemian, like we take care of everyone. We're starving artists who help out our friends because we're all going through it together, which was always mm-hmm. super moving to me. Mm-hmm. You'll see yeah. boys is when Benny says, like, look, I bought all these apartments because I want to make condos. Stop this protest. Yeah, and Maureen, Joanne, Maureen, has organized a protest against this lot being built because it's kicking artists out of performance spaces and it's making people homeless. Famous line, my dad always says it, uh, hey, you bum, move over. Get your ass off that Range Rover. Then Mark goes, that attitude is exactly what Maureen is protesting tonight. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, which, you know, again, talk about timely. There everybody. are people who like to say that Benny is the real, like the normal person of this movie because he just wanted rent paid. And those are the same people who say fuck landlords. So I'm confused. <laughs> I, I'm confused. And it makes me upset that people think it's like a hot take to be like, all Benny wanted was the rent. They really thought they didn't have to pay and be like, he's not a bad guy. When Benny is awful to Mimi and Benny is just a dick, man. Benny sold yeah. out. He married a wealthy white girl. Yeah, 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 he did. And just in case anybody was wondering why we say fuck landlords. Never mind, I'm not going to tell you. Actually, I am. This year, Let's hear one it, in six renters not caught up on rent during pandemic with black re renters facing greatest hardship. Nearly one in four renters living with children are not caught up on rent. Over four in ten children in renter households face food and or housing hardship. Abby had to do a lot of the sad research this week. And for that, I, did. I say thank you. You know, it was good. It was humbling and it's important to know about my country as I've become an adult who has to pay rent. Mm. Yeah, so then we get Tangle Maureen, which is when Mark meets his ex-girlfriend's new girlfriend, Joanne. You like how I did that kind of schnazzy? Yeah, it was quirky Ex-girlfriend's new girlfriend. Bum bum. Yeah, and so they just... That's the spinoff series to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> and they sing about how Maureen is just a really big flirt and how you always have to be nervous about her. Like, Tango did she swoon when you walked through the door? Every time, so be cautious. Did she moon over other boys? More than moon, I'm getting nauseous. <laughs> Great song. An interesting and unfortunate point that is brought up here, and I think they're right, is that Rent does a bad job of portraying the bisexual as someone who's just attracted to everyone in this ravenous way. And just the extreme uh, flirt. And that you have to be worried about her because she's bisexual. So when she's with a guy, she's going to be messing around with girls too. Which is bad. Yes, I had not. There were so many things I had not thought about. It took me some time mm. to get there. That had to be exposed to me. And I had to admit that that was wrong in a show I love. So like, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah, because Maureen actually really has very... Is, is a smaller part than I remembered her being. Mm -hmm. I've only seen this show one other times and watching it for this. Yeah. Um, and she I always is. thought it was a We don't see her role. character arc as much. But it's also because, like, if you're watching the movie, I think the movie cuts over the moon. And that's a big, like, Joanne arc. Mm. Not Joanne, Maureen arc. I'm sorry, I keep doing that. You know, it's fair. Names are hard. <laughs> so then we go to Life Support, which is, um, it is a group for people who have AIDS. It's just a support group. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so we get there and that's the first time we hear the affirmation. There's only us. There's only this. Forget regret or life is yours to miss. And they're doing, this is musically kind of brilliant to me because all of those affirmations Mm -hmm. are in another day with Mimi and Roger. They make up the chorus. Everything they sing in oh. life support is then the chorus of there's only us. There's... So they're like singing the affirmation back to each other, essentially. 
That's really sweet. Yeah, so we get the life support meeting. It's done really well. And then we see Mimi at the Kit Kat Club, which is out tonight. Take me mm-hmm. out tonight. And unfortunately, Vanessa Hudgens took a big old fat shit on this. And I do want to like her, but it was awful. <laughs> Sorry, folks. That's the take. Oh, Hollywood Bowl, Vanessa the- Hudgens did this role no justice. Oh, I think my teacher worked this, actually, at the Hollywood Bowl. Interesting. Yeah. Phil Allen, if you're listening, <laughs> I hope this is the show that you worked and not a different one that I'm not getting correct. What were we talking about? I think this is one of the only times... <sighs> There's also talk about whether or not Mimi should be of color, but, like, Mimi's of color. There's certain mm-hmm. lines in the songs that go through it. It would be very weird for me to see a white Mimi. People do it. Um, mm-hmm. In the evening, I've got to roam. Can't sleep in the city of neon and chrome. Feels too damn much like home where the Spanish babies cry. Cry. <laughs> With that low wail. I would also like to that add... That was really good. Um, that the version we watched, Mimi is Angelica yes. in Hamilton. Renee Elise Goldsberg. Gold, Goldsberg. Goldsberg. I saw that and I was like, girl, what you doing? It's good to see you. And then she was like twisting and yeah. belting. And I was like, okay, fine. I get it. No, I, I saw it. Hamilton and then like live. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was Mimi in my D- in my rent DVD. I was like, that's a celebrity <laughs> for me. That's so sweet. Okay. Cool. Let's do three at a time again. Okay. So another day, will I on the street? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Mimi and Roger just like kind of having some sexual attention in another day, but they kind of become an item. Okay, this is where we get to another day and they're on that and they're like, Mimi is trying to seduce Roger, but like really, really trying. And I was like, it's so interesting because, you know, people's normal critique of musicals is like, I don't understand why they bust out into song. I was like, you know what? Yeah. This is all in one day. This is still Christmas Eve. All of these events that are we're telling you about are all taking place in one day. No, no, Abby. They keep saying Christmas Eve. No. It's a year. Oh, my God. Because that's when it's going to be a happy new year. Okay, so a lot. Yes, no, you're wrong. You're oh. right. Pretty much all of Act 1 is like the 24th yeah. through New Year's. There's so... So it's, it's still a handful of days. It's just like, I'm like, everything is moving so fast. But it's over the course of multiple days because I thought it was all Christmas Eve for some reason. No, it's Christmas Eve to New Year's and then the song Halloween. So it goes to October and then they talk about how it's been a whole year. So it goes back to December for the finale. I knew that second act got into more, but I thought first act was all in it's one day for close. some reason. Okay. Anyway, we, so will I lose my dignity? Will Telly someone Long. care? Who? He, Telly Long. He was, he, um, he was in some other stuff. He's good, too. I really like him. What did he do? He was in Aladdin. Oh, very cool. He was in Allegiance. He was in Allegiance. That's what I saw. Wild. Yeah, so you see, we get Will I, which I just think that refrain is really beautiful. Will I lose my dignity? Will someone care? Will I wake tomorrow from this nightmare? Just like that yeah. refrain over and over in a nation that wasn't even willing to affirm these men's sickness or give care to them or show compassion. It was more you're infected or you are a sinner. Yeah. And and compared losing your dignity to a a virus, AIDS, a pandemic that's just so brutal that you die in terrible ways. It is painful and it is sick. Then we get to on the street 
which is, I think, when the homeless woman starts yelling at Mark for filming her. Mm-hmm. It's not that kind of movie, honey. Let's go. This lot is full of motherfucking artists. And she goes, hey, artist, got a dollar? I thought not, yeah. which is always funny. I thought that was an interesting like conversation about consent that's definitely risen with photography and who who gets to write the story and who gets to like yeah and kind of acknowledges the story. that these people while they're still like we're starving and we're sick are still a certain degree of privilege yeah strange point to keep in but i think a poignant one um we get santa fe which is just them talking about how they want to open up a restaurant in santa fe and get rid of get away from this life then we've got i'll cover you with angel and collins which is their love song I was like, what's up with Santa Fe? Who, why is Santa Fe the topic of musical yeah, theater? Yeah, this song Daydreaming. can be cut, in my opinion. It's fine. It's cool. It's an I want kind of song, but it can we'll be open cut. Open up the restaurant in Santa Fe, Santa Fe. Yeah, and then I'll cover you. Live in my house. I'll be your shelter. Just hold me back with 1,000 kisses. Pay me back, not hold me back. Oh, I wrote, I love the little line, can't buy love, but at least you can rent it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that is cute. I I talk about that a lot, too, because it's kind of woven throughout the, the word rent into emotional philosophies of this show. That Now I know you can't buy love. Now at least you can rent it. Mm-hmm. And they also, I don't own emotion. I rent. Yeah. It's like, so kind of oh, woven sweet. philosophically in. It's cool. We get We're Okay, which is kind of an irrelevant Joanne song. Mm. Christmas Bells is kind of irrelevant, but it reveals to you that, like, Mimi might be using again. Christmas or she's not using. She Roger tells the dealer to, like, leave her alone. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, again, the song I was like, wow, this is just such a well-written song. Yes, got any C-man, got any D-man. I love all the, like, counter choruses. Yeah, I just love all the, there's so much business happening on stage and all of it was written for. I was like, that was so cool. Very cool. I really like it. I The movie doesn't include it and I just really like the song. Then we get Over the Moon, which is Maureen just doing performance art. Only thing to do is jump over the moon. Then we get the famous Lovey Bohem. And my note was Bible thumpers were pissed that on Broadway they were hip thrusting and singing, let thee among us without sin be the first to condemn. Because it's a Bible verse. I don't know which one, folks. I'm sorry. It's okay. I think Lavibo M is Jonathan Larson just listing things he loves, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I was like, who all is even mentioned in this song? Yeah. There's so much. My Twitter bio still, this gives you a peek into my rent nerdage. My Twitter bio is actually <laughs> Tu Huevos Rancheros and Maya Angelou. <laughs> oh i didn't know i yeah. didn't know this is from rent he also says to son time to son tag yeah I think. yeah to anything taboo small dramaturgy dump he sometimes submitted some of his stuff to stuff to son time to get it like read i don't know if he got rent read but there's a clear like lineage in the way that some of the old school musical theater works and it clearly went from like rogers ham and hammerstein to son time i feel like mm. All of the references in these this song, like some of them, I like I would learn the name of them through this song and be like, I don't know who those people are. And then like the line of life I led led me to know mm-hmm. them. So I like they are artists and they are cool, pe- like beat poets and they are concepts and they're things like yeah. very within the line of like 
the bohemian life that he is portraying in this song. Yeah, he's a fun one. I should tell you, Mimi and Roger saying they love each other. Mm-hmm. Lovey Bo and B, which is kind of to bad things, to masochism, pay perfection, da 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 da. Show closes. Show closes. Act closes. <laughs> closes. Show's over. I hope you like the uh, analysis. Act two is probably just as long and opens with the famous seasons of love. And that's how you know a year's passed, because that's all the time in the year. Like, we're getting on it. Uh, I'm a silly, silly Billy. Yeah, cool. It's famous. I'm kind of tired of it. Whatever. Cool, we get voicemail three, which is from Lexi Darling telling Mark that she wants footage that he's taking and, like, is offering him real money, which is, like, forcing him to confront, like, his art versus kind of selling out. He, he mm-hmm. says in act one, like, oh, that magazine's so sleazy. So it's clear he doesn't really respect them, but he needs the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year, B, whatever. Take me or leave me, super famous. Take me for what I am. What I am. Great song. Who I was meant to be. We get a Seasons of Love, B. Mm-hmm. And then we get Without You, which is Roger and Mimi. Like, it's kind of shown that they've, like, I guess separated or something's up. Life goes mm-hmm. on, but I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And we get Without You, we get Voicemail 4, which is Lexi Darling, give us your money, kerching, kerching. And then we have mm-hmm. Contact, which I think is a travesty that it's cut from the movie, because here's how we differ. Contact is when they're all having sex. Red, hot, sweat. Red heat, please don't stop it. Please, please don't. So the only other time I've seen this show live was when I was a senior in high school. Oh, and it was a high school because they probably cut contact. No, they didn't. <gasps> it was just this like weird dance piece. And I had absolutely no idea what was going on. Let me tell you. Yeah, right they didn't now. do the sheet. The sheet's cool. I think the sheet is very visually cool. I'm about to explain it, folks. Please explain the sheet. So contact is them all having sex and you see them under sheets. But then Mm -hmm. Angel dies while she is having Mm -hmm. sex with Collins. And so Mm -hmm. contact shifts into take me, take me, take me today for you tomorrow. And we watch Angel rise wrapped in the white bed sheet. Mm-hmm. So she ascends up as like it shows her dying and you're never you're not expecting this moment to happen at all. It all you know, yeah. the song where everyone has sex is weird in a musical, let alone the song where everyone has sex and then someone you like are rooting for dies in it. Mm-hmm. And that's the first like direct death of AIDS in the group. Mm-hmm. And so then we get the I'll cover you reprise, which is Collins at Angel's funeral. Then we have Mark's internal monologue, which is Halloween. How did I get here? How the hell? Christmas. Christmas Eve last year. Yeah. And it's a good... I just think it's a really interesting internal monologue for Mark. I think it's very well written. Why are Mm -hmm. entire years thrown on the stripping room floor of memories when single pages in one magic night's forever flickering close up on the 3D IMAX of my mind? Like, just like big, long, cool sentences. Yeah, and it's, I feel like this is now where I should have put in that this musical came out in 96, but the first workshop of it was in 93, and in 94, so as this musical was getting developed to go to Broadway, AIDS became the leading cause of death for all Americans wow. age 25 to 44. Previous wow. to this, it had I don't have the exact date written down, but sometime before that it had been the leading cause. Oh, 92 
It was a leading cause of death for men. And then it became wow. all American. That's a staggering number. Yeah. So as they were developing this musical, AIDS was actively at some points felt like it was getting worse. It was, it yeah. was getting worse. And then there was more knowledge around it. So obviously there was more fear, but that knowledge was important because <laughs> yeah. learning about it is important in order to have proper prevention as well. Yeah, so then we get to Goodbye Love, which is kind of Mark and Mark, Roger and Mimi going separate ways, and it's showing like the pack's kind of breaking up a little bit. And then mm -hmm. what you own, because when you're living in America, you're what you own, which is, yeah, we love an anti capitalism song. Yeah. Which is, yeah. So I own not a notion, I escape and take content. I own not emotion. I rent. Great line. Cool. What you own. Okay. Voicemail five is all the moms looking for them. Roger, this is your mother. Donde estas Mimi? Okay, so Mimi is Spanish. Established. Hmm. Um. Cool. We realize no one's heard from Mimi in a bit. They're really worried about her. The finale is they find Mimi on the street and they revive her and she goes, there was a light. And then I saw Angel there, and she looked mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And so it's very, like, Angel kind of is like, no, Mimi, it's not your time. Roger finally sings the song he wrote, which is called Your Eyes, which is how much about how much she loves Mimi. And then mm -hmm. the show ends. Mm. Yeah, the one uh, plot driving device, sort of, is that, like, the plot does semi-center around Mark, not Mark, Roger and Mimi's relationship advancing and moving on. Yeah. And like the, all the conflict comes from when they break up for a moment and then come back together. Yeah, that's true. So I, I have a lot of things that I could keep talking about, about this show. I don't want to see a high school do it if they're not going to do it full out. There should not be a high school version of this show. Yeah, and if I feel so, also in my young community theater days, I did some sort of camp or something, and we sang "Seasons of Love" as one of the group numbers. I think that's and fine. Like, that's just kind of been adopted. Yeah, I just there was no, I don't know, no education yeah, around it at all. It's true, and I think we can see clear reasons why that this time in Rent still parallels twenty twenty. And we should learn from that. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I I just really like the show and what it has to say and what it has to teach. And I don't care if parts of it are cheese balls or mm -hmm. don't age well. Like, I just enjoy it and put a lot of stuff in it. I have a funny note to close us out on. So what else you got, Abby, before? Um, I think that now is a great time to shout out Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. Yes, thank AIDS. you, Abby. Um, fun little fact about them, Broadway Cares and Equity Fights AIDS started as two separate organizations and then came together over time. But they raised money and... And they just did their fundraiser December 10th. Yeah, and their thing is that every dollar of their budget goes towards fulfilling their mission um, which is great. And I don't think you can do a show without shouting out, without shouting them out, you know, Absolutely. <laughs> of rent. Yeah. 
I... Um, another sad point. Let's hear it. Did I already say the life support thing? I feel like I thought it, but I don't know if I said I'm it. I'm not sure that you did. In the original production, the which, you know, started during 1996, it's run. The In the life support scenes, when they say names of different people... They were instructed to each night say a different name of somebody else that they knew. So the actors were typically bringing that to it as well. Wow, that's cool. I And this show makes me think, I know that there might be problems with it. Maybe we need to have another conversation about it if it gets brought back. Maybe it doesn't need to be brought back right now. Like, I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Um, Something to be said about making art as a source of catharsis as well yeah i feel yeah absolutely i i lied i have two things i have a story and then a funny one two one two punch i my story is that so the night that they found out about jonathan larson that he had died in the cast they invited all his family and friends to an invited Mm -hmm. dress and they just sat on the lip of the stage and they sang through act one, like not in costume. They just sang through it for everyone. And then on act two, they all talk about this energy. I've read lots of interviews with each one about it, but especially with mm-hmm. Anthony Rapp and without mm-hmm. you, they all felt this energy come over them and they did act two all out, but just like still in their plain people clothes because they felt the show like had to still be done for them so they could see what a piece this really was. Mm, I got goosebumps yeah. everywhere. And this show blew up, y'all. Yeah, it did. I wanted I wanted to talk about the viral tweet thread that went by a couple of years ago about this person who um their high school did rent, but they couldn't say AIDS, so they made it about diabetes. No, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and what really got funnier was people's, like, responses to the, like, hypothetical rent as diabetes. So someone's uh-huh. was, would you take my levels? <laughs> and someone else, no, someone else said, that. apparently the characters took insulin breaks instead of AZT break. Oh, my God. That's insane. Yeah. And then then someone said STDs, sexually transmitted diabetes. (laughs) Someone else said, I should tell you, I've got type 2, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. This was a genius. This sounds like the uh, tweet to be on, the thread to be on. (laughs) Yeah. I, I hope no one took that as the butt of the joke being diabetes, but just rather it being a comedic swap. Yeah, it was a genius switcheroonie. <laughs> that's the uh, formal title for I it, I just too. love that someone got the rights and still did that, too. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> that they're like, we really love Rent, but it can't be about AIDS. <laughs> like, what did you oh. like about it then, sir? <laughs> I guess they just liked Jonathan Larson's sweet, sweet music. Yeah. Well, <laughs> bullshitters, it has been a lovely season of 11 whole season. episodes. One and another one next to it. Wow. Right after the other. Oh my oh, goodness. <laughs> we, wow. This has been dope. We're going to take it's a little dope. breather and then hit you with season two. 
But thank y'all for all the love. Thank you for all the peanut butters. Please write yeah. in to us. Send us stuff. We got a couple tricks up our sleeve. You'll hear from us. We're going crazy, you know. We're gonna. We got. We're doing things. I... <laughs> you know, Abby's got sounds. Yeah, that's all I got to offer any now. What? Oh, my speech is breaking down. We gotta go. We gotta go first. <laughs> the brain's going smooth, right on time. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for uh, an awesome time. We're gonna keep going. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you to Lily Guo, Liza K, Cassidy K, thank you. Emperor of Marketing, uh, Sarah Lassert, Catherine Mollion, um, Johnny Pearl, um, I don't know, anybody else? Walter, Yvonne. Our lovely guests, Nico and Jacqueline this season. Yeah, Nico, Jacqueline. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm not sure, but I love you. <laughs> Thank you, bullshitters. <laughs>